Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again to Formerly Deliberately Wasting Your Time. We're figuring it out as we go uh, with the lawsuit pending. We've got um, time and it's it is well, it's a cease and desist. And so we're going to fight it. And I'm going to start putting some stuff out that's pretty pissing on the third rail shit. It's going to be intense. And uh, what I mean by that is it's going to electrify your dick and uh, you're going to die by dick electrification. So we're going to figure it out. And in the meantime, stay safe. And um, remember, freedom of speech is paramount in American society. Okay. So there are, well, you know, there's a lot of fuck. There's so many fucking sopranos podcast let me just it's crazy we're doing we're doing sopranos today and i just the amount of sopranos podcasts is crazy and i would to the point where i would just say if you're thinking of doing it you might want to consider that there is talking sopranos there is the soprano show those are the shows that we are going to deal with today there's also pada bing there's no fucking ZD. There's in at the end. There's this. There's oh, a Sopranos pod. There's the Sopranos podcast. There's pod yourself a gun. There is made women with Drea DiMatteo and Chris Kushner, whoever that is. There's Gabagool, the podcast. There's cut to black uh, Sopranos podcast. Unbelievable. So do a podcast. I mean, good God, pick another show. You know, uh, uh, do do a thing about Frasier. You know, how about Severance? Yeah, that's a good show. Young Sheldon just did 100 eps. Sopranos has 84 episodes. So eventually you're just going to be doing, you know, like Fashion of Sopranos. Let's take a look at their, their loafers. So do one about Young Sheldon. Ian Armitage needs the attention, baby. And uh, we got Fat Tony here. This is one of my favorite rappers of all time and a brilliant guy that you have to see live and buy mm. his music on vinyl. It's Fat Tony. What's up, man? What's happening, man? You know, I got to agree with you. There are a lot of shitty Sopranos podcasts in the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, it's it's a glut. Like, how can you look at the landscape? That landscape, that's a packed landscape. <laughs> I knew that you were a Sopranos fan when i did it an impression of jackie jr on instagram oh, <laughs> and you said oh shit jackie jr or something like that and i was like oh, okay you know what's going on and then i've seen you i think on instagram live with your soprano shirt you're wearing can you describe mm. your soprano shirt that you're wearing right now somewhere in this uh bootleg soprano shirt that my friend made his name is justified arrogance that's his quote-unquote brand nice. and it's basically a quote that says May I burn in hell if I betray my friends, which I think is something that you're supposed to say when you're getting made or whatever. That's and the definitely back of the, the shirt, ceremony. The back of the shirt is from the FBI in season three when they're trying to figure out who's in the family. So it lists Vito, Tony, Junior, right. and all their roles. Who is who is a captain? Who is made? Who is a fucking boss? Who's an underboss, etc. And it's kind of the thing where it would have like yarn and tax in between it. Exactly. Like it's like this leads to this leads to this leads to this. 
and yeah these people are connected this is one family this is one family so that's a deep real shirt. cop shit that's a deep shirt so that's that's a real ass kind of like thing you know that's that's a fan so i knew i knew now i know you're an even bigger fan and so like so when did you first watch the sopranos so i tried to watch sopranos when it came out but i was too young i was in like middle school when i tried to watch it so it must have been one of the first few seasons and i just remember watching it and being like what the fuck is going on so i turned it off and i didn't watch it again until like 2017 because my girlfriend was watching it and i was like oh well let let me check it out because i'm not really like a tv guy like that like i don't follow mad fucking series there are very few tv series that i've watched the whole way through yeah i started watching it with her and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the acting, the dialogue, the storytelling. And since then, I've, I've watched it like four or five times. Oh, four or five times. Damn. Okay. So you got you got three times on me at least because uh, <laughs> I just did. I, You know what? I saw the episode. I had never seen The Sopranos before. I was living in New York City just getting blackout drunk. I watched the, the episode. I was like, I'm going to watch The Sopranos like with my friends. So they were like in the middle of the season, I just watched one isolated episode and it was the episode where Ralphie beats the shit out of his girlfriend, the stripper and girlfriend kills her and kills he, like, her. Oh, beats her to kill death her with his yeah. bare hands. Yeah. He beats her to death. It's with fucked his bare up. Hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fucked up. So I saw that episode and it was like, wow. what is this show? <laughs> and then I, and then I, uh, and then I watched it like, Probably 10 years later, I didn't really watch it for a while. And then I just rewatched it over over pandemic and just was like, once again, the writing. Yeah, it's just like the balance, the writing, the world. It just you feel like it's endless and it's so brilliant. Yeah, just so good. And some of the best characters on TV of all time. So what tell me your favorite characters or top five or anything you like about it? I'd, I'd say my favorite characters are definitely Uncle Junior and Chrissy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both of those characters have full-on stories, full-on modes that they go through. It's like a roller coaster watching them. But I really like those two because they're funny as shit. Yeah. 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 Well, I listened to every episode of Talking Sopranos. They had David Chase on, I think, four times. And they always, they're always like... It's almost like they told the Sopranos cast, like it's like this mythical thing, like never talk about the ending or something. And they're like, they're like, so the ending and David Chase just wants nothing to do with like really revealing it or talking about it. And so, but they spend too much time on it. You're just like, talk about everything else. Like, you know, he clearly yeah. doesn't want to like focus on this guys. But uh, I mean, to, to, to be honest, I got to put out there a lot of Sopranos fans are stupid as shit. And they really <laughs> just like the surface level of this show. They, they yeah. like the humor. They like the violence. They yeah. like the gags. But they're not really getting into it. You know what I mean? So it's no surprise that a simple question like that would be the main takeaway for a lot of people. Does someone die or not? When actually it's way more interesting if you put that out of your mind and just focus on what all the characters are doing. Yeah, exactly. And and the end, I feel like, is almost like he's created this world. He's created this rich 
tapestry of beautiful balanced characters that are carrying out like to the point where it's like embedded in american consciousness type thing you know and it's like so so brilliant and i think that the ending is just his it's like all these specific specific characters and like Polly walnuts like an like an impossible character to imagine or write but is so real and amazing and fully realized like so many characters on it and i think he's just going like uh all right window closed you know because yeah. he sets up the ending is he sets up like a guy going into the bathroom with a men's members only jacket on like a pretty mobbed up looking guy meadow is in the parking lot like struggling parking she's kind of on the curb she's like then she comes in late sits down hey dad and then the guy comes out of the bathroom and then it fucking just a small town girl and uh goes to black right so i think that's just david chase going like no more no more it's the artist's signature it's like the signature it's kind of like uh all the specificity, your window is closed. And it's just like rare to do that for a show. And it's shocking. But now that we're talking, like the fact that people are still talking about it is totally amazing. I mean, I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. And listening to the podcast, Talking Sopranos podcast, you know, they like really go in depth of how hard this show was to make. Tons yes. of writing, tons of hours. Like they really stretch everybody on that cast and crew to to their limits. So yeah. I think it makes sense to be like, all right, I'm done. Show is over. There's there's no need to leave a cliffhanger or leave anything. You know, and it's and it's actually I think it says more about the audience that they wonder if he died or not because I feel like many people might have been looking for him to die and there's another group yeah. of people who who would probably be like, "Oh, if Tony gets killed in front of his family, then this ruins The Sopranos for me. This is like makes this a show that I walk away from feeling like, oh, I'm feeling kind of like fucked up. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that it was smart not to give in to either of those. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, if you give, like, they would have to kind of kill the whole family. Like, it would be. Yeah. But, like, it's so brilliant because it's like everything they're setting up with that season, like Carmela's hitting the, like, Carmela lives this like fantasy life and she is just in that season especially just like she's in the safe house you know she's like oh no the mafia it's all coming down like what's gonna happen (laughs) and everything's real and then they like go out to dinner and you're you're just sketched out and so like closing the door on that you're like whoa all of these people and by that time like i stopped liking carmel like carmel is like fucking evil or like just <laughs> damage extremely damaged if not evil. everybody like, yeah everybody on that show is yeah and david chase says everybody on the show has made a deal with the devil in this podcast yeah i think which is I'm, i mean i think that the last season really shows that because tony gets darker first of all tony kills christopher you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like that's, that's a that's about as dark as you can go. You like kill this guy that you work with and you hang out with every day for years, who is your wife's little cousin. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, oh man, oh man. And you know, he probably should have killed him earlier. I think David Chase actually alludes to that. He's like, if this were the real mafia, Christopher would have been dead beginning of season three or something like that because he was fucking up with drugs, and yeah. the mob really doesn't 
there's no leeway when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like the mob is not drug friendly. Yeah. They don't like drugs. (laughs) They don't like drugs. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of mob history. That's like, we don't do drugs, but, uh, these guys who do this first podcast, we're going to go into now, Tony, you didn't listen to this podcast because I didn't want to burden you with too much listening. And I knew you, you, you were into, yes, I did. You, you were into the, uh, talking Sopranos podcast. So, already so this podcast is just they do it you know this is they do a great job it's gavin and hannibal from the sopranos show so this is gavin bowen and hannibal diaz from the sopranos show these guys do a great thing which is they give they have a couple episodes where they say bonus episode our favorite lines okay so they do oh, their God. favorite lines of all time. <laughs> so we're gonna go. We're gonna go into this. Um, let's hear the uh, how they start their podcast, Anna. <laughs> it's like homemade Some funky stock music. <laughs> yeah, but it's like kind of like woke up this morning. Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Today we are bringing you a bonus episode of The Soprano Show. First of all, these guys come in hot with the Ira Glass podcast-ass podcast voices. I can't take it off the rip. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Hi, this is... Uh, this this is and 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 by the way, I'm sorry. They're not their moms didn't do them any favors by naming them Gavin Bowen and Hannibal Diaz. <laughs> They're the most NPR names. I'm Hannibal Diaz, and this is all things considered. <laughs> okay, but you know, I these guys do a great job. Let's let's go to that uh, first clip. This is a, a little shouting match between Polly and Christopher. In my list, Christopher and Polly show up a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously in walk like a man when chris goes to collect his money from Polly because mm-hmm. of the mishap with his father-in-law and the tools he says fuck your neighbors when you're gonna pay me when you suck the money out of my ass now get the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think Polly is the most creative Polly with that big freaky shit i like that yeah pretty good <laughs> yeah Polly's uh polly has got some of the best lines Let's go to number 18, Anna. This is uh, Joey Pants going off. Mm. Yeah, okay, so this is where we veer a little bit because this was not a line that I highlighted highlighted initially. Okay. It just kind of popped up in my head as I was thinking about season four. Sure. And uh, it's from whoever did this, from uh, Joey Pants, right before he gets in the fist fight with Tony that's going to you know result in the end of his life. And he says, Don't give me that look. It was a fucking horse. What are you, a vegetarian? You eat beef and sausage by the fucking carload. <laughs> carload, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's something to tell the boss. <laughs> ah, man. Yo, Ralphie, also one of the funniest characters. Yo, I love how during that tense moment, he's still roasting Tony for being fat. Yeah. Like, he still found it in him yeah. to just roast his ass really quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He he fucking he fucking killed Piomai and yes. Tony's like you killed Piomai and he's like he's like what if I did and I didn't and I'd never do something <laughs> like that but if I did and I didn't 
Okay, you fat ass. <laughs> he's, like, he's like pleading for his life at this moment. And, oh my god! <laughs> and then Tony kills him, and then Christopher they do the fucking the gag, the best gag in The Sopranos, maybe with the wig. He they oh, yes. they cut his head off fully before they realize he has a wig on, and they pull him up by his hair, and the wig comes off, and he's like a full bald head. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> so good. Uh, Anna, let's no. go to uh, number nineteen. This is uh, Uncle June and the Russian nurse. When Tony goes to visit Uncle June, and he has the Russian nurse, and as he walks in, Uncle June walks in. He says, "Did you offer my nephew something?" I'm ready than yours, not made. Did you offer him an aspirin? Cunt. Um. <laughs> uh, my favorite line from Uncle Junior. I think Absolutely. one of my favorite Uncle Junior lines. Cunt. <laughs> Yo. So man. That Uncle was a Junior. great dramatic pause. I didn't see that coming. Cunt. <laughs> he just fucking pause, pause, pause. Cunt. Man, the best, the best character, and I think that uh all the writers that are on Talking Sopranos are always like the best character to write for is Uncle Junior, because you can kind of say anything and he'll make it work. Like he's such a oh, good, yeah. good actor. Dominic. Dominic Chinese, who is like, remember when he sings and I think the final episode, like episode, he's like That was beautiful. In the uh, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like an old like Broadway guy. And I think he was in The Godfather. He was in his sixties when he got cast for the fucking Sopranos and he was broke and apparently like yeah. living with his mom or like living in like a studio apartment, something kind of like some Rough. type of broke boy activity, right? <laughs> and yeah. this uh show just kind of changed his life. Just like imagine that acting for I don't know. 30, 40 years, and you finally get your biggest break ever. Yeah, I mean, that's true of Polly Walnuts, too. Um, you mm -hmm. know, that dude got that show. Like, I, I don't know how old he was. He must, he, he seems to be in his mid 50s perpetually or something. Like, he's kind of, <laughs> but like, that dude was like a tough guy, man. Like, he was like, yeah, he was like the guy who would like go to Coney Island and like with his gang. He was like in a gang. He was a leader. Of a yeah. Gang. He was actually doing some uh, gangsterdom. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Yeah. He was shaking some people down. And also, the guy who plays Bobby Bacala, Steven Sharippa, the co host with Christopher who is named Michael Imperioli legend worship, uh, worship legend. him a uh, total legend. Great. Uh, actor. Steve Sharippa was also like, he was a bouncer in Vegas kind of thing. And then he became like a room manager, talent booker, that world of Vegas. And that's a little mm -hmm. bit, it's a little bit connected. Let's, let's face it. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're going to rub up against some, you know, some like gangsters, some sex workers, some hustlers. Like you're like definitely dealing with people doing criminal shit yeah. and making sure that they are protected in your club while they're doing it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Anna, let's go to the Sopranos show. Number 20, the Pine Barrens. Maybe the best episode of Sopranos. Yeah. My favorite line does come from Pine Barrens and it's not what you think it is. My favorite line is when Christopher and Polly are in the van and they're waiting out and they're freezing. And Christopher says, Could be him out there stalking us. With what? His cock? 
I just yeah again Polly <laughs> yeah yeah given the circumstances <laughs> yeah that's a very funny thing to say it's an extremely memorable uh, Sopranos line you know these guys this podcast has got this is this these guys are good man I'm on board I'm on board with the Sopranos show you know this, these guys are good they're picking good I mean they got the NPR voices but man they're nailing it with some of these uh, Sopranos clips but like that's fucking hilarious that was a good one that was a good one. let's talk about the pine barons an episode directed by steve buscemi and Great episode man damn a, a weird weird one of the weirdest just most creative feeling like what the fuck okay but like just one of those things you have to do when you're a gangster and it ends up just being a wild goose chase and that russian guy that like hits him in the head hits christopher in the head with a shovel and he's bleeding and i was listening to uh the talking sopranos podcast this one episode and they talk about how um tony sirico um didn't want to muss his hair in the pine barrens it was like a huge deal for him to not muss his hair and the wings he like they had to like take date like have a two discussions with him like hey man you know, we really need you to look like you're in the Pine Barrens. You know, you just slept in a van. You're not going to have perfect hair. It's just not possible. And he's like, look, yeah. I, you don't touch my fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> you don't touch my hair. Just I love that episode because it just goes downhill from the very start. Like, soon as Paulie starts fucking up the Russian, yeah. you can see on Christopher's face, he's like, oh, shit. Then they go to drive out. <laughs> And 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 Chrissy's like, yo, let's go eat. Paulie's like, nah, let's not eat. And then they get caught in this bullshit. And we still don't know what happens to the Russian. They like shoot at him. It looks like they clip yeah. the top of his head, but he keeps running. Yeah, he's like the toughest man in the world. He's just like keeps <laughs> running. And then you never, I don't think they ever address it again, right? That guy nah. doesn't come never back. Never again. Yeah. That's it's it's amazing. And at one point, then they're like, I think they're like melting snow and then like putting ketchup in it or something and eating. Ketchup. Exactly. They're like just squeezing ketchup, ketchup packets. packets into their mouth and just going like, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Get some of the ketchup. Here's some tartar sauce. It's pretty good. Oh, God. man. Brilliant. Brilliant. And then Paulie blames the whole thing on Christopher. He's like, yo. I, I was trying to warn Chrissy. He he just got too crazy with this Russian. He was attacking him. Chrissy's looking at him like, what the fuck? This is all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the series-long beef between Paulie and Christopher. <laughs> yeah, just amazing. Yeah, when he's like, you got to pay up. You got to pay up. Where's my fucking money? <laughs> uh let here's a here's a uh a great one uh yeah so what did i pick here um uncle jr mm. second opinion mm. uh when he goes to bacala think on this burger boy anthony is a cunt here away from owning all of northern jersey and i am that cunt here I am the cunt hair. <laughs> yeah, I am the cunt hair. Um, amazing. And, uh, but yeah, in reference to Polly and Christopher's rivalry, it's just the best and just like uh, treating him like a bitch. How, how the lowest guy has to pay, you know, just like you pay. Mm -hmm. Like he always has to find like $2,500 for these crazy dinners. $8,000, I think they say for one dinner. They're just like, unless it's a Vesuvio, baby. 
And I think on Talking Sopranos, Michael Imperioli and Steve are both like, yo, he was like that in real life. Like we'd go to these crazy dinners. He would order everything on the fucking menu and then look around like, all right, who's got this one? Yeah. <laughs> so insane. Just torturing. Um, so what happens when you put a fucking gangster in the fucking movie business? You know what I mean? He ain't never been nowhere. He's just like. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh, which, which, yeah, which is also like in, in the amazing episode where they go to the, the gifting suite and oh, know, yes. Christopher ends yes. up pushing yeah. Lauren Bacall to the concrete and stealing her back. <laughs> Just being like, fuck you. Uh, I love that. I've definitely seen that kind of behavior at uh, South by Southwest and yep. various conferences and festivals where they love giving out branded bullshit to artists. People want that merch. Yeah, they'll trample just won't even think about trampling four or five people to get mm-hmm. a uh, boat key float, a floating boat key uh, thing <laughs> that with the, the name of an NFT. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, let's get into Talking Sopranos now that we're uh, uh, talking about these guys. This is Steve Sharippa, Bobby Bacala from the show, and Michael Imperioli, legend king and uh, master of acting. And just a seemingly cool guy that is maybe a good person, seems like a good guy. And just like uh, when I was in New York City, I like he had a bar briefly. It was called La Ciel Rouge. And I used to go there. It was like it was like, uh, uh, you know, late night 2004. I was at Ciel Rouge and they would Michael Imperioli would sometimes be there and I'd be like, holy shit, like 2004, Michael Imperioli, like, oh, my God. Wow. Fuck. This is so cool. And uh, they would uh, take take down all the tables and chairs at four and start a dance floor. And it was great. That was. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. That sounds great. Very cool. Where? That was in uh, Chelsea on 18th and 18th and 7th, I think, or maybe 21st and 7th, something somewhere around there. Um, but cool dude. I, I anyway, was born at the wrong time. Fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, and uh, he does meditation shit that I'm into as well. Buddhist guy. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. His his Instagram's cool. He has a rock band. He's a rock band. Zopa, go see Zopa in New York City, and uh, um, I'm sure they're good because the dude does quality stuff. He's also going to be in uh, season two of the White Lotus, which is I'm I love that show. That was really great fun. show. Um. So the other guy is Steve Sharippa. So, <laughs> yo, I love how his whole role is like, yo, I'm just an everyman. I'm just a regular yeah. guy. You yeah. know what I mean? He is real. He he takes the I'm, opportunity. I'm not PC. <laughs> so let's 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 go to Talking Sopranos and uh, um, number. It's number one. He uh, Steve Sharippa is not shy about taking the opportunity to settle some scores. It's a big help to us, Matt Cisneros. My family, I want to thank my wife, Laura, who, believe me, sets all this stuff up. And Sierra has been there from the beginning. My daughter, Sierra Sharippa, and Bria Sharippa, who helps me post stuff. So I, I want to thank them a lot. And you know me. I'm not the easiest guy. Uh, and they put up with me. So uh, I want to you say fuck you to Robert De Niro one more time. And <laughs> fuck Pat Cooper <laughs> with a big, giant fucking doula in his ass. Uh, oh shit! I want to thank all our guests. <laughs> Just settling scores. 
Then, then I want to thank all our guests. <laughs> I want to thank, you know, all our guests. Back to, like, let's pretend that didn't happen. Just Robert De Niro, he tells a story in Talking Sopranos during the time of Talking Sopranos podcast where he's like, yeah, Robert De Niro, what an asshole. Tribeca Film Festival, 2000. He remembers this, like, slight. Like, De Niro, like, pushed past him at a party and was like, I don't know who you are, man. And he just, like, always takes an opportunity to go, Fuck you. Like 20 years ago. Yeah. Like 20 fucking years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally amazing. And then he's like, you know what? I have a lot of respect for how seamlessly he, he went from thanking his family and his <laughs> children and his wife to being like, fuck Robert De Niro, fuck Pat Cooper. Yeah. And I want to thank all the fans. Yeah. <laughs> he's borderline wistful. He's like, you know, and I just want to say one more fuck you to old Robert. De-. Like, he's like, he's like, this is our last episode. Got to do it again. He does it like 50 times, like on the podcast, just like, he really does. and it's like, what is, what is uh, Imperioli supposed to do with that? <laughs> Like, okay, like, you know, like one of my favorite act, probably his friend, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, just- there's, there's this uh, interview with UGK, one of my favorite yeah, rap the groups, best. Bun B and yeah. Pimp C. And, you know, Pimp, Pimp C, he was known to rant. And in this interview, for some reason, Pimp C starts talking about guys who are gay on the down low and how that's bad mm-hmm. and, and just in like the middle of pimpsey ranting about this bun b just throws his hands up and just looks to camera and just like and, and and just shrugs like yeah yep that's him yeah i feel like that's very similar to steve and michael imperial <laughs> oh my god they have the ugk dynamic fully yeah i mean that's an amazing <laughs> dynamic man um there uh so yeah, it's just Michael is just like, all right, do your thing. Okay, all right. <laughs> and he has so many beefs. He has so many slights. He really loves going like, I just want to thank the people at Madison Square Garden who always get me in the great box. He's like, he like <laughs> always thanks his perks. He's got, he's like, oh, we went to uh, La Pompidou in Philadelphia. I got to say, they gave me first class service. He's always like shouting out <laughs> local, local restaurants and like, uh, yeah, just no, the- their, their uh, website had a whole list of their favorite restaurants around the world. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Just cash it in. They're like, we're going to cash in. And and then he David Chase, the 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 big brain fucking genius that created the show, he uh, comes in at about, uh, you know, about 10 minutes in after they're done with all these thank yous. And let's go to number two. Steve Sharip is a uh, cool first question hey, to Steve. David. Chase. Uh, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, nobody our could final be, guest, our final, final guest for the final episode. It could not be better. It could not be more appropriate. Um if you're watching this podcast, uh, which you are, obviously, uh, you, this man needs no, absolutely no introduction. So please welcome David Chase. There he is. Hi, David. Hey, hey David. <laughs> How you doing? How, how are you? Long time no see. Yes, thank yes, you for doing this. So <laughs> we've got, uh, David, we've been, uh, since you've been on last, we've been kind of collecting since a bunch of questions. Since you've been on last throughout the podcast and writing them down until we talk to you today. So uh, if you don't mind, it's going to be, you know, we've got a bunch of questions for you. Good. Uh, And uh, I hope I have answers. uh, Listen, in the first two seasons, right, so much of the show was based on Livia, right? And what were your plans for the show if Nancy Marshawn had lived? 
Were there plans? That's the first <laughs> question, <laughs> man. What the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? Like, I love the way that he phrased it. If she had lived. Yeah, it's just <laughs> awful. Just like, we're going to pepper you with other people's questions. Here's the first one. It's about somebody. You're mourning. Maybe. So you're a friend that, that died while making the show. What would you have done if they lived? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um just just not cool. I mean, Steve Sharippa is a 10 out of 10 guy. He's in The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Look, he's a legend. But I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, let's go to number three, Anna. It gets more interesting. Yeah, probably was, right? Do you feel that Tony got help uh, through his therapy? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I, I don't know that I could say how. I think maybe his therapy left him more open to some of the, um, I hesitate to use this word, but I will, to some of the Buddhism that started to pop up in the last year or so, um, after he had that vision of being in California, I think his therapy kind of prepared him for that, or let, like it made him more open to that kind of thing. And a lot of people, a lot of fans say, or critics, say it got darker he got darker and darker and darker everybody seems to feel that way except i don't you don't feel that way no no do you feel he got the opposite like he got lighter or it's just this is kind of no of who he, didn't, he, was. he didn't get lighter he may have gotten more troubled mm -hmm. but i don't think he was more of an asshole than he'd ever been I don't think he was, you know, the first season he was younger and it was the first season, but I just think he got more interesting. Well, that's for sure. Um, now I can't say this positively. Maybe it was something we were doing that people said it was darker. Well, well, you know what we did? A, we did a lot of talk about terrorism. Yeah. Not a lot. I mean, that wasn't it wasn't about that, but we did a lot of talk about terrorism and politics. Um, but also, I, I think Jim was getting darker. Oh. Yeah, man, just like I could listen to this guy talk about the Sopranos forever, obviously. But yo, just like what I love about David Chase is when people are asking him to go into the details and more in depth of what he was thinking when writing this story, mm -hmm. it really reveals itself that he's just trying to write something interesting in a matter of fact way. But, you know, he isn't the one to like tell you what you're supposed to take from it, what you're supposed to feel from it, what you're supposed to read into. I kind of think that would suck the fun out of it if he's telling you, yo, you're, you're supposed to think this and think that. Yeah. He's really just saying, yo, I wrote, the story like this because I thought it would be interesting if this happened. Yeah. And I think that that alone is enough to make brilliant work. You, it, it doesn't have to have all these multiple meanings and shit. That's for the audience to decipher. Yeah, yeah. Just, just make it because you think that this is going to be emotional or connective or beautiful or uh, uh, sto uh, cool story or cool, like literally cool. Just like, yeah, this is yeah. going to be great. 
then or fucking hilarious. And he's it, he manages to kind of like do everything in this kind of with this Shakespearean scope. But it so that it, it it's a tapestry that that tricks you into or it doesn't trick you. It just kind of entrances you uh, into this kind of world. But he's just obviously kind of like, yeah, I'm a workman like guy. Like I just, fucking, yeah, I create this and, and uh, everyone thinks everyone reads into it, which brings us to a great, another doozy of a Steve question. Let's go to number eight. David, I've asked you this before. I'm going to ask you again, mayonnaise and eggs significant is there any meaning there it's all over the show numerous times mayonnaise uh, numerous times with the eggs there's got to be something well i'll have to do acid and find out again <laughs> i get it <laughs> I mean, he's the best, you know, it's like, this is great, but just another, another doozy from Steve. But do you recall any mayonnaise or eggs? I, I don't know if I recall. I, I only recall them from listening to Talking Sopranos and rewatching it while I'm listening to the podcast. Yeah. And seeing it. But prior to that, it didn't mean shit to me. But it's funny because this whole series Michael Imperioli is like reading in, into the dialogue and scenes and all these multiple meanings, like just having fun with it. And every time Steve shuts him down, like, oh, that's crazy. Oh, you're reading too much into it. You're, you're on your wacky Buddha shit again. But the one thing that Steve reads into is mayonnaise and eggs. What the fuck? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steve. Like the, like, like the one thing that he's like, man, I got to ask you. And I love how he's like, I asked you before, and you told me it meant nothing, but let me ask you again. Yeah, he's like, let me just do my bit with you and waste, we'll waste, this is what podcasts are, I just waste everyone's time, and then and then Imperioli asks the good questions. <laughs> oh, man. Uh uh, mayo sucks though. I'm I'm uh I am not a big mayonnaise fan. I'm, I mean I do oh. eat it from time to time. I like to really put it on French fries. You know what I mean? That's really? You know my my favorite thing to do is to go to Figaro Bistro in Los Feliz. Yeah. During happy hour, have a martini, have some fries with some fucking mayonnaise next to it. Mm. That's my kind of evening. I like that place. Yeah, big martini. Not that I drink anymore, mm. but that sounds great. Um. I like mayonnaise on fries. I like the garlic mayonnaise, especially. I don't oh, appreciate yeah. when a restaurant just doesn't have ketchup. I'm like, oh, because we're in Europe, right? Because you don't have ketchup. Yeah, the chef doesn't want ketchup. But it's like, go fuck yourself. Give me that ketchup, baby, and make it Heinz 57. Probably the most common condiment. Right. Yeah. Like there's mayo, there's mustard, there's hot sauces of different types. There's ketchup. Ketchup is the one that you can guarantee anywhere from Idaho to California to New York to Florida to Texas. Everywhere has ketchup. So a restaurant not having it, they're just trying to stun on you and be silly. It's bullshit. Yeah. And fucking by the way, umami burger. You make your own ketchup. And guess what? It's not good. It's not good, <laughs> dumb fucks. It's get Heinz 57. It's the only good ketchup, not Hunt's Heinz. It's got to yeah. be the Pittsburgh original or else it's going to suck. And their ketchup is it tastes like baby food, man. It's like it's 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 like they got this mellowness that you don't want in ketchup. Like you want that sharp 
You want that sharp. Get that sharp. Everyone that wants to make, everybody that wants to make their own ketchup, they always just put more sugar into it. And I'm sure that's what those assholes are doing there too. But that ain't the way, man. Keep it a little tart, some vinegar. The Heinz yeah. way is the way to do it. It's tart, it's salt, it's and and it's bright like fruit, like tomato mm. God damn it. Mm. And it's a little I had some ketchup earlier too. Nice. You're really bringing me back right now. I just bought new ketchup the other day. Heinz 57 in the squeeze bottle like a normal fucking person. All right. Now the squeeze bottle, always that over the glass bottle. I don't understand. Like, I guess the glass <laughs> yeah. bottle is like vintage, but oh, the that's... squeeze bottle actually gets the job done. Yeah. It's a, like having the bottle, the glass bottle in a diner and stuff. Like you get that old feeling. I get that. I get that. But it's not better. You know, just give me the squeeze, get a squeeze bottle. Uh, even, or like one of those bright yellow, bright red mustard, French's. French's and Heinz. Those are the brands. You, you know your condiment brand. Those are the you brands. Really, I like A1 Steaks. Fucking American. Too. <laughs> wow. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, and then, uh, you know, here's here's uh, these guys on Talking Sopranos. They're talking about the finale a little here. You know, watching the uh, finale today <laughs> really felt more hopeful than, you know, I don't remember it being that hopeful. And Today, when I watched it, I was like, oh, okay. It's not at all what was in my head because I watched it about a year ago. Um, and this time I watched it, and I was like, oh, no, no, this is about like hope for the future, the kids. That's what I was talking about um, the immig immigrant dream, you know, that your kids will do better and they'll become, you know, like they said in The Godfather, doctors and lawyers and senators and things like that. And, yeah. um, a lot of that hope came through AJ, even though he's, you know, flip-flopping all over the place between going into the army and now being a producer or whatever. But somehow I watched it today. I was like, he's going to be okay, that kid. He wasn't going to be Tony. See, he's not going to be Tony. No, he's not going to be Tony. Um, he's probably not going to be a movie producer either. But um, <laughs> although that's kind of evil in itself. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, here's what I was going to say. Steve like that. Whenever I read stuff about the show, mostly fan stuff, if I read, if I read it, they hate AJ. Everybody hates AJ. Oh. And I don't understand it. He was a good, I know he was a, a, a fuck up and he was, you know, he was a teenager. Yeah. I, I never got it. And, you know, People hate the AJ. thing when they yeah. beat up that African kid. And he stood back from that and he could see how repulsed he was. That was a very important moment. Now, what, yeah. he could have done what? Gone in there and saved the African kid? I don't know. But I, I just never, I thought Robert was so good at it. So good. Starting from the beginning, you know. Stop it. Let's talk about Robert Eiler, a really good actor. Let's do it. He doesn't. Interesting guy. Interesting guy. He doesn't act anymore. He just stopped cold. After the Sopranos, and they they interview him on Talking Sopranos, and uh, mm -hmm. he 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 basically says, "I just he did like a couple movies for some quick cash, like after the Sopranos, but then he was like, fuck it, I played for the Yankees, acting wise. I think he just like hated it. He hated all the trappings of show business, probably, and was just like, nah, I can't do this. Like I started when I was ten or whatever." Yeah, and that's just such a different experience that I probably can't even really like speak to. Like, 
you know, most of us try to get into acting as full blown adults. But if you're in it as a child actor, you're probably kind of viewing acting like going to school or having one of your first part time jobs. Like, like it's kind of just like annoying thing yeah. that's in the way of you being a kid. And I bet when he left The Sopranos, or not left, but when it ended and was trying to get some more work, he was probably pigeonholed to roles that kind of fit his, you know, Sopranos character. Yeah. And I'm sure he made a shit ton of money from it. And he was just like, fuck it. I don't need to do this. I want to do some, some something different with my life. And I really respect that. And yeah. I thought that he was a great actor. And I agree with David Chase, like, there's no reason to really hate the character. He's just a kid trying to figure out life, making the same stupid mistakes that a lot of young people make, like, you know, from hanging with the wrong people to like, yeah, wasting money. Um, you know, he he was apparently like in the clubs and shit. Like he used to party a lot. I, he, I think he's he was tabloid. sober now. He was tabloidy when I was uh, when I was in New York. He'd get written up and it would be like Robert Eiler seen again, blackout drunk, like doing some shit. And then he got his hanging out with Paris Hilton and shit. Yeah. So Olsen I twin. think he might maybe get up. Yeah. Maybe he associated <laughs> show business and being an actor at that point with just being like just yeah the height of like you know taking this crazy fucking ride that he was not emotionally prepared for and trauma yeah. and that's trauma so it's like then you're like you're just like fuck that world no like you know like or you're like young sheldon <laughs> <You know? laughs> or you're just like i was born for this I'm better than you. Goodbye. <laughs> By the way, I'm eight. You know, <laughs> is is young Sheldon in the tabloids yet or or not? No, no. I think he's going to be he'll just be a star for the rest of his life. He just seems like he he was born. It's like Canadians are born with like hockey sticks and they're just so good mm. automatically. He's just he just came out and he was like, I'm perfect. I'm an amazing actor. And I crush talk shows and i crush like you know just like he's out there on the circuit just killing it um yeah was out built different sheldon's in armitage is in um so yeah let's um and uh, they had some nice talk about the the ending as well there just kind of like it being kind of like a hopeful thing and uh, all the good stuff is initiated by imperially um Let's just here's another another Sharippa moment here. Bring them on. <laughs> Steve Sharippa just just loves to talk about the glory days of his Vegas. I mean, the glory day, his glory days, obviously, all these people was the Sopranos, but his other glory days are his Vegas bouncer room manager days. Like he's like, I was a room manager. And so this is number 14. And uh, this is uh, this is Sharippa telling a story. Now, I told you I was at. You know, Jilly Rizzo, who was Frank Sinatra's right-hand guy, he was a friend Frank of mine. Frank Sinatra's right-hand guy. And his son, guy. Willie Rizzo, is still a friend of mine. And Is uh, a dog Willie named after him? No. no. More, more Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson? Yeah. Steve I, Willie Nelson. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I used to drink with Willie. You're a Van Morrison fan. Why didn't you name him Van? Uh, maybe the next one. Maybe the next Sting. Now, you love Sting. I'm not going to name Sting. Sting. I don't want a dog named Sting. I like Billy Joel. Banter. Billy, Willie. Right? I used to call my mother-in-law Simple Willie. guy, you know. So upon her, too. Oh, Willie. Was no. That wasn't her name? 
No, her name was Jane. Why'd you call her Wilma? I have no idea. But for whatever reason, I called her Wilma. <laughs> and, uh, Imperioli's very good mind. at baiting him. Not at all. She was a great woman, I told you. She, uh, I got along better with my, with my in-laws than I did with my own mom and dad. Uh, oh, the repass. So Drama. I went to Julie, got killed by a drunk driver. And he was a terrific guy. And uh, he got killed by a drunk driver on his 75th birthday. And wow. I had been at his 65th birthday, Damn. his 70th birthday. 75th birthday in Palm Springs. I think it's 1991. Like that. 1991. Maybe 90, 91. And after the funeral, you know, uh, after the funeral, Milton Burl, I mean, I'm not joking, he gave the eulogy. Other people Lawrence got up to speak. about celebs. Milton Berle did. And then we went to Frank Sinatra's house. Frank was there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went to the cemetery. <laughs> went to the cemetery, right? And then we went to Frank Sinatra's house. And I've talked about it. I had the run of the place. I mean, it was like, you know, the people that, you know, were close enough to run go to the, the cemetery. <laughs> They invited yeah, me I back. I was sneaking around. What is that? I was sneaking around. You know, looking through uh, getting drawers. older at that point. But Roger Moore was there. Paul Anka was there. Oh, another name. Uh, <laughs> Paul you Anka. Know, and they, oh. His wife had food. That's where it was. Oh, they, they had food. Had oh. And it was in Palm Springs. And I remember, and I might have told the story, but I said, I need to use the phone. I had to call my wife. And uh, I went to his living room. And he had like these, you know, big, beautiful birds. I don't know if it was a cockatoo, cockatiel, and a big thing of goldfish. <laughs> and the guy brought me a phone. And I said, I said, I'm in fucking Sinatra's living room. I'm sitting on his couch. And, you know, then he had posters of concerts, posters of him with Bobby Kennedy, with John F. Kennedy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He had like the main house. And then. It was like a little pathway, and then he had, like, the room where we were all in. It had a sunken bar, and that's where everybody was. And it wasn't that many people there. And I walked around. It was, like, on four acres in Palm Springs. I walked around where he had that room with all the trains and, and all that stuff. Oh, he was a train guy? Train guy. He had a 1,200-square-foot like little, like, bungalow. That's where he got it from. With a train set. Huge train set. And then... He had uh, little bungalows, like guest bungalows, like four of them, with a kidney-shaped pool, like for his guests. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. So that was a repast there. And like you say, I, I think they're so used to death, these people, uh, that, you know, they want to eat. You know, Bobby's a second thought, you know. So lots of food. Yeah. Uh, the, Paulie's saying cauliflower is three ninety nine a pound. Uh, the Jason, the Carlos son talks about the roast pork. So then they go all... back into the Sopranos episode, but just another, just name drop, like throughout Dude. talking Sopranos. If you listen, like I, somebody, somebody edit together all of his name drops. It would be so funny. Just Roger Moore. It was one of his name. <laughs> He's the ultimate name dropper, like a real Vegas guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a guy who would be in Vegas, yucking it up. Yeah. Pressing the flesh. Hey, you know, Paul Anka's in there. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, no big deal. I got access. Access. It's all about access. It's all about what rooms you're in and just like, hey, I was at Frank Sinatra's uh, this uh, mafia connected right hand man, Willie Rizzo. I was at his funeral. No big deal. Roger Moore. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. The guy from Fantasy. I love how one of his first crazy. thoughts it's was just... to call somebody to call his wife and be like, I'm in fucking Sinatra's house. I'm sitting on his couch. Oh, you know he did. And he was like, I'm sitting on his couch. Oh, well, it's a nice couch, all right? He's fucking sneaking around like a peeping Tom. <laughs> like, you know he opened drawers. You know he opened some drawers. Fuck yes. Fuck he was yeah. like, he was like, Ooh. Rubbing the phone against the couch. You can hear the leather. Yeah, he jerked off in his fucking bathroom. He was like, oh, kidney-shaped pool. jerked off in Sinatra's bathroom. Uh, I jerked off in his bathroom. What are you talking about, Imperial? <laughs> Bobby Bacala ends up with Janice. And what do you think? What is the immediate aftermath of The Sopranos if Tony lives? Well, I think Janice is definitely going to go get her another dude. I mean, yeah. time and time again, she's not staying single. We've, we've seen that throughout the whole series. Yeah. You know, it, it 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 really seems to me like things were calming down. You know, his his like biggest enemy feels dead. Yeah, Phil's gang doesn't really want trouble. They want to go back to making money. Yeah, his kids are doing okay. It just seems like he's about to go back to being a little bored, which is what it seems Tony feels throughout the series. Like like this moment where he's like, "Why is my life so?" dull like he 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 just feels like a person who thought life would be more right and no matter what he, what he gets it's just not enough so it just feels like he's gonna go right back to that cycle which is where we started with the series right and that's i mean he wants more and he constantly dreams and is plagued by visions of more including kevin finnerty the kevin finnerty episode <laughs> where he's he's like my name's my name's not tony it's kevin finnerty i'm kevin finnerty <laughs> And uh, and kind of his his therapizing throughout that. It's interesting that, yeah, it's like he was helped by therapy. He was he did become a little bit more Buddhist, like David mm -hmm. Chase says there. He becomes a little bit more, um, yeah, at ease with himself. And maybe maybe that is the message. Like, yeah, and you, yeah I like that message, too, from the from the ending, the dual duality. The ending can be like, yeah, maybe he's just kind of like pretty normal now. But it's like, who's going to take over? Phil Leotardo's dead. Um, it's funny. Uh, what's his name? Robert Loggia. <laughs> like, they talk about Robert Loggia. I don't think that Robert Loggia could memorize his lines or something like that. Like, really? He's like kind of getting up there in years. And he oh, just shit. screams. They have like bits from Robert Loggia. And I, I just recall him just being like, what are you talking about, Tony? <laughs> He's so crazy in The Sopranos. He's so amazing. Um, what are some of your favorite characters? I mean, Polly Walnuts is is probably my favorite character, just in terms of just like what the fuck? How did this? I think they like used eventually stuff from his real life, uh, Tony Sirico's real life, and just his habits and weirdness to be like you know to kind of inform his character but that character is amazing 
Carmela's father is another one who's like fucking. Oh weird, man, his grumpy ass. Weird and amazing, <laughs> and he like loves Tony. By the end, he's like, "Where's Tony?" Uh, yeah, he's he's like on Tony's nuts the whole time that they're breaking up. He like refuses to acknowledge that that they're getting a divorce. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he like actually demands that Tony comes to his birthday party at their house. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. You gotta come here. He's such a weirdo. And then Janice's first husband is weird. The Christian oh, guy God. with like the he's got some kind of like music festival shirt on uh it's some, some cult shit yeah he's like a cult he's like a cult weirdo it's funny that she was like uh david chase says at one point in the talking spanish podcast that uh that like janice is more evil than uh than nancy marchand he's, she's more evil because she has been like nancy marchand's uh you know tony's mom has been through you know uh you know, just like a tough life. And basically Janice has seen everything. You know, she's been around the world. She's like a Buddhist. She's like, you know, had every opportunity, but she is still evil and broken. So she's even more evil. And so it's interesting to think of like this lineage of people, like Tony's more effectively evil. And so like, then of course, AJ, the next generation is like fucking, he's kind you know why people hate him? I think why people hate AJ is that he's a pussy and that's because mm -hmm. you need some pussies in these generations. I think it's like when you go down these generations, it's like, well, is, there, is it going to be another bloodthirsty fucking like totally okay with killing person? Like evolutionarily you need a kid who's like, I don't want to do it, dad. Like at some point, at some points during the Sopranos, like he totally pussies out like, and is yeah. probably I mean like a healthier person for it. But in a way, that's why people dislike him, I think, because it's like you want the kid to break out and be fucking what people would have liked is the a kind of spoon fed kid that's a, like slowly going into his father's life. But much more complicated is this kid who's just sensitive and kind of like fucking hapless. And yeah, like, he's really hapless, just like teenagers are. It, and he's disturbing like teenagers are. And like the specificity of like the pool episode where they like break into the pool to do mischief. And like, he's kind of oh, bad. Man. He's be trying to be bad, but then he's just kind of like a wuss. And it's just interesting. Just so infinitely interesting. This fucking show. It's so good. Remember when he tried to kill uncle junior and it was such like a bad plan that wouldn't have worked. He was going to stab him with, with like a shank or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tony steps to him and he's like, dude, you are not a killer. This is this lifestyle is not for you. I don't even want this shit for you. You need to slow down and get back to your pussy <laughs> little child shit that you like to do regularly. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. This is from the Talking Sopranos podcast, and this is them talking about a fake out ending that they shot that I thought was just kind of cool. Did you, uh, is it true that you had uh, your original ending was? Uh, you consider jun the junior shooting Tony. Was that something you were thinking of as an ending or no? that was never planned never. as the ending? No. We shot it, I think. Didn't we? That was the throw. Cause there was, there were people, somebody within the organization was giving out information to the press. Yeah. Um, and up, even right? if that wasn't the case, they were always trying to find out what we were doing. So I, we would do that occasionally, shoot something that 
we weren't going to use. But there wasn't, you didn't, you know, there's rumors out there, which I don't believe to be true. I talked to Terry about it a while back, that there were, people were saying that Terry's there was numerous through. endings filmed. Is that true? No. No. There's no. one ending. What we saw. I think, was there a fake ending? No, I think, what, I think, no, what I do think what happened, David, I think when, when Junior did shoot Tony in season six. Yeah. Uh, I believe you shot one where it was Phil who shot him. There was a fake one there. Uh, some fake That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That was the throw. So they faked, they faked a bunch of uh, stuff because people, I just think that's amazing that you have to like do the production, which is so much intensive work. And then at a certain point you have to pretend and get the, and get the actors, the busy famous actors to come in again and be like, Oh my God, this, we're not even going to fucking use this. And they have to know, you know? It's yeah. Like, oh my God. We're shooting here's, diff here's your four different size. versions after a while. You're like, Oh my God, we're being like fucking pushed around because of literally paparazzi, which is crazy. Yeah. It was such a phenomenon, such a phenomenon. But who the fuck is working on the Sopranos and leaking what's going to happen in future episodes to the tabloids? Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Somebody within the organization, it's very mobster. It's like, yeah, somebody within the yes. organization, <laughs> there was literally a leak, you know, a mole or whatever. Um, fucking double agent doing like, it could have been a costumer. I, I mean, or like a writer's assistant. I wonder. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, Wow, what a what a bummer! You know they must have been getting top dollar. You know, um, yeah, and you know uh, they they also said that they wouldn't give everyone the script. Like even the actors just had their own part, so they wouldn't know what the story was. Right. So who is it that's actually seeing everything? I feel like it's got to be someone from the network. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe some somebody just like. Getting some ugly, get, ugly Hollywood. Yeah. But like, yeah, some kind of like, I don't know, like lowly person, like craft services. It'd be funny. Just like, yeah. Give it, giving out info, <laughs> making some cash, like hey, 40, I made 40 grand last year. Yeah. Just like fucking it's a racket. So it is kind of like, you know, what mm. they do with Sopranos. Yeah. Maybe someone who had the access to everyone's trailer could go and grab everyone's sides and be like, all right. Now I can piece together what's happening in this next season or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. It's fucked up, man. I would love for that person to snitch on themselves one day because that's a story in itself. Yeah, just say I was the Sopranos leaker. Hey, yes, I'd read that we need article. to find that. We need to find that person. I'm a dirtbag. Read that article. <laughs> I'm a dirtbag. Who would ever admit that? Yeah. Um, did you watch Many Saints of Newark? I sure did. Yeah. I watched it twice to understand it because the first time I fell asleep. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah. It's good, though, right? I thought it was pretty good. It is good. I, you know, when I when I first watched it and I fell asleep, I was like, oh, this is kind of weak, maybe. But then I watched it recently on a plane and I really liked it. And I really liked how it kind of tied up some of the loose ends with like, you know, showing how this guy Dickie was such an influence on like Tony and how Tony's violent and how Dickie's crazy violent. Yeah. I also loved how David Chase is so pissed off that they put the Sopranos title on it because he said that he didn't want that. He wanted this movie to stand on its yeah. own. But I think because there was a there was a Sopranos boom in 2020, 
HBO was like, yo, we got to drop this with the Sopranos title because that's how we're going to make some more money. Yeah. But I think doing that kind of sets sets it up for people to be like, yo, it's mid because they're going to hold it up against this other thing, which I do feel like it's totally separate. Yeah. Separate vibe, separate everything. Separate vibe, but the dynamic between obviously, you know, uh, Uncle Junior back then and Tony's dad. I mean, that's just I mean, not to spoil it, but, you know. It's it's just a great consistency with Uncle Junior and Tony and just the viciousness and deadliness of this broken family where everyone is evil. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And and it kind of shows why Junior has been pissed off his whole life. And it and it shows, you know, like he's also pissed cuz he's in pain. Yeah. Cuz Junior has has that slip and fall and it seems like he deals with that for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. He's like in perpetually pissed mode fucking all the time. Poor guy. I have to say that I'm into the Sopranos just partially because there was a family on my street growing up that had like a nicer house than everybody had this big fucking house. And everybody said that they were in the mafia and it was like, yeah, that family's in the mafia. Everybody knew it and everybody talked about it and they didn't hang out with anyone else. And they were, Italian and the Sopranos brought home that those people probably were in the moth. Like it was definitely like, is that true? Or are we just like making fun of them? Cause whatever, you know, they had this like ornate house. And mm-hmm. I think that the Sopranos for me was like deeply affecting too, because I was like, or not deeply affecting, but like, it just made sense. It was like, Oh, just map that experience onto a TV show. And like, that was totally like that was totally in the air. Like these people are in the mafia. Like the Sopranos was like. I mean, it makes sense. They guaranteed work. They're yeah. living like the uh, Sopranos because the Sopranos don't fuck with their neighbors. No, they they don't really like being seen by their neighbors. And if you're in the mob in the in the suburbs or in a nice house, you probably want to keep a low profile because everybody in the neighborhood is definitely being like, Oh, that guy's mob. You know what I mean? And well, he meets his neighbor, right? His neighbor's a doctor or something like that. He's, he's like shitting on him. Like, like, yo, the fucking Sopranos, they like, they're like misrepresenting Italian Americans and making us look bad. It was all that type of shit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which the TV show got too, from a lot of critics being like this, show makes Italian Americans look like a big stereotype and all this bullshit. Oh yeah. And I love how David Chase and all the actors push back on that like with the Columbus we're episode. Just doing a story. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah. That was a great episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. They totally were just like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> made fun of those dudes with their Italian characters. But the yeah, the the Godfather oh, yeah. got that too. The Godfather got backlash from the uh the Italian uh, community and I think they had to uh, not use the word they can only use the word mafia once that they don't actually say the word mafia which is infinitely better like you don't want the yeah. word if you say the word mafia a lot it's like it takes you out of it it's like oh this sucks <laughs> you know like so it's yeah, probably better you like not. wouldn't say that word if you're in the mafia yeah you know I, I know <laughs> um, well to wrap it up here this has been I think the best episode of uh, the podcast to be yet named delib- formally deliberately oh, wasting shit. your time so far. Thank you so much, Tony, for being on it. Let's rate these podcasts. Tony, Let's we go. rate podcasts on a scale from 0. 0.5 to 2x. Okay. <laughs> 2x means you hate it and that you're fast forwarding okay. through it. And then 0. 0.5 means you're slowing it down 
to fucking groove to it because you love it so much. Now, there's like been that. a controversy because I've been saying negative 0.5, which makes the gradient of the scale 25 units, which is crazy. And you're technically not cranking it down to negative 0.5, which is what was in my imagination for some reason. But all to the to all the point people uh, pointing it out on Twitter and to the person who wrote me a Instagram DM about it, I'm right. And yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Fuck you. And yes, I'm right. And will I make it to 0.5? Yes, I'm going to do it. But it's not for you. It's for my own personal sanity and to make it a gradient of only 15. 2x to 0.5 that's 15 and that's more that's like back it's reverse uh, scale of 1 to 10 it's it's mm -hmm. plus 5 it's reverse scale of 1 to 10 plus 5 it's a very simple system it's very intuitive i get so, it fat tony what would you give the first podcast we listened to the sopranos show okay the first podcast that we listened to those guys voices I can't stand it. I'm sorry, gotcha. Hannibal and other guy. I'm really sorry, but your voices, I I just can't deal with that quote unquote podcast voice. Yeah. But I do appreciate their sense of humor with the quotes they pick. Now, yeah. when I first heard them introduce themselves, I thought they'd just be some humorless schmucks. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, I, I just thought they'd be some guys reading too deep and just quoting the same old lines over and over and over. But they actually brought some funny shit. Yeah, the and, quotes uh, they picked showed some depth. Yeah, and and I am going to never forget how Junior whispered cunt under his breath. <laughs> and I will never forget him saying that he is the cunt hair standing between Tony and running the family. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I actually want a t-shirt that says, I am the cunt I hair. I am that cunt For hair. all my Sopranos heads out there. <laughs> Okay, so what what gradient would you what what uh, grade would you give it from 0.5 to 2x? I'd have to give them a 1.5 because I want to skip through most of them talking, right. but I want to catch the quotes they play from the show. 1.5. All right, that's fair. I'm going to give them, you know, I the the quotes got me going. I I'll say this, doing a Sopranos podcast is a thankless endeavor. There's 23 mm -hmm. of them. So this one, you know, they did do this favorite lines episode and I listened to the whole fucking thing and I laughed throughout. So doing a good episode of a podcast is very difficult. I give these guys credit. Um, I don't know that I'd listen to this because I don't need to ever listen to another Sopranos podcast. Maybe in my life, I will watch the show through again in a, in a while, but um, I'm going to give these guys, I'm going to go ahead and give these guys a uh, one. I'm going to give them a one because nice. you know what? Good job. You know, they 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 they're definitely better than some of these fucking podcasts. And, you know, they didn't go for the fucking crazy name like Gabagool, the fucking podcast. So they went for the Soprano show. It's a little bit like talking Sopranos. I'm, I'm going to give them a one. So how about talking Sopranos on a scale of 0.5 to 2x? Now, I listened to every episode of Talking Sopranos, Same. and I think that I had never done that before with a podcast until this one. So I've got to give them the highest rating. I got to give them that 0.5 yeah. because I love the insights that Michael brought. You know, he came with tons of notes. Listening to him talk about the show made me love the show more, yes. honestly. And Steve, who is a quasi dumbass, 
I really liked his comic release. He's funny. You know what I mean? He was always there to just say some shit. And I, and I think that it was very clear his role because I remember in maybe like the first 20 episodes of show or so, he was complaining about how fans thought he talked too much and how he needs to shut up and how he doesn't know what he's doing as a podcaster. <laughs> and he took that criticism and ignored it and kept doing his thing. Yeah. Hats off to him. Yeah, kept just calling people out. Hey, fuck you, Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, also, I have never heard anybody say fuck Robert De Niro. I know. So for that, he is a he is a ghost. Also, <laughs> also, even if he was rude to me, I would just be like, you know what? Maybe he had a bad day and he doesn't know the fuck yeah. I am and maybe it's okay. You know, I'm not gonna like call him out for the rest of my life, but I I appreciate that Sharippa. <laughs> is you know keeping the fucking keeping the flame the bitterness flame alive i love this podcast so much i agree with you it's a 0.5 i'm gonna say it's a i'm emotionally connected to it because i during the pandemic at a very dark moment was like time to watch the fucking sopranos again and it gave me so much joy and that joy ended and on the last episode and then this sustained a semi amount of the addiction and kind of was like the methadone come down of rewatching the Sopranos uh, and the, the amazing kind of uh, immersiveness of that. And so hearing these guys talk about it and analyze it and just like analyzing it myself and fucking just fully nerding out about this show gives me so much joy. And um, so I'm going to give it that 0.52. So that's a double 0.5, which has never happened. So ring a ding, 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 ring a ding, 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 dong. Got a we need some sound effects. Dub point five. We're both slowing it down to get sexy with it, and mm. all the people that diss that shit are wrong. And Fat Tony, do you think you would have sex with the Talking Sopranos podcast playing softly in the background at half speed? I would. I would have to edit out. You know, I could probably fuck if Imperioli was. <laughs> if it was just <laughs> cut out, Sharippa. You know, it's Imperioli <laughs> with the insight. He's a brilliant guy. I probably wouldn't. I could probably still uh, nut. You know, with with Imperioli's yeah. voice with Sharippa. Like a nut happens. With Sharippa. It's like thinking about baseball. Whatever you fucking. You know. <laughs> Make your dick uh, soft. Anyway, any final thoughts about The Sopranos or those uh, podcasts? I hope nobody ever makes a Sopranos podcast ever again. Don't do it. And if you do anything that's Sopranos related, don't say anything about Gabagool. Don't give me any of that tired bullshit. This is not a Sopranos convention. Mm. This is real life. Give it up. It's not for you. It's been done. The people that made The Sopranos probably don't like you. They don't respect you. They're definitely not going to listen to it. So just enjoy the show for what it is and think to yourself. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it, guys. Guys, that's Fat Tony. This is the best episode Mm. ever. Um, And uh, great. Thanks so much for being with me. I'm going to leave you guys on a little message from one of my favorite characters, Little Stevie Van Zant as Sill. What the fuck are you doing? Sill, take it easy. I'm losing my balls over here. This fucking moron's playing Hazel. Get the fuck out of here. I was just trying to sweep the cheese away from Why? you. Why? Why now? Leave it there. I don't know. I was just... What? Where do you get these fucking idiots, huh? Where do you get them? He's on trees sweeping the cheese. I'm trying to get the... Leave the fucking cheese there, all right? I love fucking cheese on my feet. <laughs> 
I stick motherfucking provolone in my socks at night so they smell like your sister's crotch in the morning. All right? So leave the fucking cocksucking cheese where it is. Here, here, here. Go ahead. Have a good time. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Deliberately wasting your time. Don't is 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 deliberately wasting your time. Guitar! Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to my podcast. This is John Daly. 